Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mavericks podcast. This is your host, Will. I am joined here by my co-host, Jaron. What is up, guys? Hi. So we actually pre-recorded um, our what we were actually going to be talking about today, which was the Summer League preview. But after um, recording, we failed to realize that we did not talk about a couple tiny bits of Mavs news that came out today. So we wanted to go ahead and hash those out real quick before we get onto our Summer League previews, which we will get into right away after this first of all um tyler uh dorsey from uh playing the greece league from olympiakos um blue was the team um he is rumored and even almost confirmed by multiple sources one of those being mark stein that he is likely going to be signed on the two-way deal with the dallas mavericks um, Tyler Dorsey's a 6'5 um, guard, really good shooter, sort of um, just kind of an offensive wild card that can do a few different things. Haven't read too much up on him defensively. We'll get into him a little bit, you know, later as we approach training camp and all that stuff. Matt's Twitter was heavily freaking out because it seemed as if Tyler Dorsey was getting the last roster spot because um, there was like a Greek source that was the first one to report the news like a, an Olympiakos, like, based, you know, like, team reporter or something of that nature. And he just said he was signing with the Mavericks, and everybody assumed he was getting the last roster spot. But now he's just rumored to get a two-way deal. He initially was in the NBA, and um, I believe he played with the Pelicans. Am I right on that, Jaren? I'm actually not sure, but I think the Pelicans sounds about right. No, 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 it was the Hawks. It was the Hawks, the Hawks. Yeah, Tyler Dorsey played with the Hawks, that is. Um I remember seeing that on Twitter today. Like I said, don't know a ton about him, but really good shooter. And is able um, – as sort of like a unique – from a couple highlights I saw on Twitter, sort of a unique slashing and getting to the rim game. Don't know, Like I said, don't know too much about him defensively. But, you know, intrigued to see how he does on a two-way deal. We'll get into a little more about him in later pods. Um, given that that is what he gets signed to as of right now, what that's what's rumored. Um, do you have any other thoughts on the Tyler Dorsey situation? How Mavs fans were freaking out for a bit there, thinking he was getting the last roster spot before it was announced that he was going to be a two-way deal. Yeah, so I I, I initially thought it was going to be the final roster spot. I didn't even think about two-way deals. Um, but at, at the time, we didn't know it was a two-way deal. It just was reported that he was signing with the Mavs. Uh, and to me, at the time, I was like, okay, that's the white flag. This is going to be the final roster. Uh, maybe some midseason trades, but this is going to be the final roster. Uh, now finding out that it's a two-way roster, it makes me feel a lot better. I think it makes everyone feel a lot better. Um, I, I mean, like you said, like he's, he's, got, he's a great shooter. Um, you know, you, you can't ever have too much shooting. Uh, I don't know how much we'll see him. He's a two-way guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I remember the name. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I don't. I think it was a 2019 or 2018 draft. Whenever yeah, he, was no, he, he was selected, in, I believe the 2018 or 2019. He played for Oregon. Yes, he did indeed. Um, also, you know, when you reference uh, waving the white flag, um, in terms of him being the final roster spot, that's not necessarily, I believe, the you know the reason you said that is because the Mavericks 
you know, still wouldn't be able to make any trades. Like, you know, just because you have 15 players in the roster doesn't oh, yeah. Yeah. make a trade. I think it was more so because of the Mark Stein report the other day that referenced that the Mavericks would not be able – or that they were holding out their last roster spot for <laughs> um, flexibility in terms of possible trades or, you know, taking a guy back. Um, and that's what we'll get into real quick with this uh, a little piece of Brunson news. Um, seems like we're doing this every day, just more and more Brunson fallout. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I feel as if that's kind of the reason that um, Mavericks fans were so enraged there for a second it was because, oh, like, why the Mavericks, they just held out just to sign Tyler Dorsey when they could have got Goran Dragic, which obviously would have been mismanagement, which at the end of the day, we technically don't know if Goran wanted to come to Dallas, but, you know, we can only assume so much. But after three years of rumors, I mean, you know, <laughs> like. It's uh, one side. Yeah. So first find out that it was a two-way deal. Uh, Mass Twitter was definitely put at ease. I wasn't really too freaked out at it from the beginning because um, I, you know, even if the maps were signing Tyler Dorsey, I didn't necessarily think that that was like the them punting on everything that they could do trade-wise this offseason. But, you know, after, given that Mark Stein report, it was relieving to see that. Um, next, Mark Stein said earlier in a Spotify Live that more than anything, the Mavericks are just looking to create a trade exception in the Brunson um, trade. So the Mavericks can only take half um, back of whatever Brunson's salary would, would be. So they'd be effectively creating, you know, Brunson's making $26 million the first year. I don't know how his deal is structured. Um, I saw some report that said it was going to be descending. So if that's the case, if it starts at $28 million, the Mavericks get a $14 million trade exception. And who knows what the Mavericks could take back in that. That could be what their their kind of plan is, is get back a trade exception with this final roster spot and then take a guy back into that trade exception. Um, obviously, they did not use theirs last year, the one that was created, the $10.9 million one, the Josh Richardson trade. I believe that's what the figure was. Um, but, hey, I mean, it's another option that they could use right there. And we did cover um, the report by Fred Katz yesterday in terms of why the Knicks may be interested in doing a Brunson sign trade. You know, the Nerlens Noel and Alex Burke deal to Detroit has still not got officially announced as of today yet. So could the Knicks be trying to avoid tampering charges? Who knows? But it seems like that's a route the Mavericks might be willing to take. And, um, you know, that's a, for another day. We may get into some trade exception targets that the Mavs end up actually do taking that route. But for now, that's just a rumor that um, I believe Mark Stein said in the Spotify Live today. Do you have any other thoughts on that, Jaren? Yeah, I mean, personally, I wouldn't mind a trade exception. It'd be a pretty pretty good trade exception, being that it's half a 20 very, million. It would be 14. very sizable. Yeah. Um, so at this I, point, I feel like, you know, something's better than nothing for Brunson. <laughs> no, exactly. And if a trade exception is the very last thing you can get, I, I would not mind it. I think you can get a lot of money with 14 – or a lot, of, a lot of talent with 14 million. Yeah, now, obviously, you know, the reason that trade exceptions so rarely get used in the NBA is because they're typically distressed assets that are looking to move to another team and they're never usually high enough to take back, like, max guys or anything. So, I mean, it has to be a guy with, like, little to no value that the Mavs are trying to, like, you know, turn into something or guys coming off injury. Usually that's how that works, you know, sometimes – 
You know, there's rumors that Rashawn Holmes might get traded into a trade exception somewhere, things of that nature where a team's just trying to offload salary if you get lucky. Um, but um, we'll see if that can materialize into anything. Um, hoping the Mavs just get back something in the sign trade because uh, the rumors are true that the Knicks are just trying to avoid tampering by doing a sign trade. Then, hey, I'm all here for it. I feel like they'll probably still get charged for tampering anyways. Um, but, yeah, that's really it on that front. With that, we will go ahead and segue into the next portion of the pod, which is going to be us previewing the Mavericks 2021 uh, – twenty, or I guess really just 2022 Summer League roster – um, with extensive talk uh, about Jaden Hardy and all the other guys' um, coming summer league. So with that, um, we will get into the next sec- uh, next segment. So the Mavs lead off this summer league playing the Bulls tomorrow at 3 p.m. The, I, believe, um, I believe the pod, whenever they're listening to it, it'll be the day of. So, Yes, whenever you're listening to this. If you're listening to this the day the pod comes out, because we are recording this um, late Thursday night, or actually technically Friday, early Friday morning. So um, the Mavs will face off against the Bulls tomorrow at 3 p.m. Um, the Bulls summer league team will be featuring a newly drafted point guard, I believe the 18th pick, Dalen Terry, 6'7 point guard um, out of Arizona. Long, rangy combo guard. Athletic, quick first step. It's going to be really interesting to see him and uh, Jalen Hardy go head to head. So it uh, should be a really fun matchup. Um, July 11th, the Mavericks will be playing against the Utah Jazz at 9 p.m. Seems like the Mavs get the West Coast start time, even yeah. though they're, well, I guess they're in Vegas, but I mean, there's games throughout the, all, all, the whole day, but it seems like through the schedule, they're playing a West Coast start time just because they're playing a West Coast team, which is really interesting. Same goes on July 12th when they play against the Phoenix Suns at 9 p.m. And lastly, they play um, on July 14th versus the Milwaukee Bucks at 6 p.m. And um, after that, there's usually a little summer league tournament for the better teams in the tournament. We'll see if the Mavs have what it takes to take home the title this year. Who knows, because there's teams out there like the Pistons that are literally um, showcasing their whole rotation in Summer League. So I do not know um, what the Mavericks Summer League potential is going to be this year, but it definitely adds a little bit of excitement that Jaden Hardy is going to be on the Summer League roster. So first off, um, we've talked about Jaden Hardy a lot in this pod. What are you expecting from Jaden Hardy in Summer League, Jaren? Uh, I mean, I'm expecting high minutes. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know. I guess what to expect, because uh, we can get thirty points all four games. I hope we see more than four games. I'll leave it. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know to expect thirty points every four games or or all four games. Um. Or, you know, just a highlight reel. Like, I don't know what to expect from him. Uh, I do expect high minutes. He's going to be playing some pretty good guards, especially in this first game versus Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think defensively, he's he's even said defense has been – it's it's a working target of his. Um, he knows that. So I think it'll be interested, 
interesting to see how he does on the defensive end, personally. Yeah. Um, obviously, as currently stands, all the Mass fans on Twitter are projecting Hardy to come in and be the kind of pseudo-secondary creator off the bench. But we're going to have to see how that, that all translates because um, the Mavericks really don't have anybody that can defend point guards at a high level, I'd say, besides Frank Nilekina to a certain degree. I mean, Reggie Bullock can, but he's more you, – you know, I feel like you want Reggie Bullock a lot more on wings than you do necessarily guards. I mean, he has the foot speed to stay with a lot of guards, but you don't want him chasing around the Steph Currys and Damian Lillards every night because as much running as he does, I feel like that just tires him out, and we saw that with him and Dorian last year. So if Jaden Hardy can contribute positively defensively, that's going to be because I mean he has the length. He has about a six nine wingspan despite being only six four. Um, he did show a lot of off ball potential this last year in the uh, with the ignite. Um, for him, it just seems kind of more of a discipline thing from more so from what I could tell. Um, just sometimes got a little lack of effort when facing off against guys playing man to man defense, um, and took some gambles off ball. A lot of his possessions that I watched with the Ignite, but I wouldn't doubt that, you know, potential to potential wise, he has potential to be a good defender. So I'm really going to be watching that more so than anything in Summer League, because even if the Mavs are somehow able to add another guard or creator off the bench um, via trade in the coming weeks, if they end up doing anything, Jalen Hardy could still. I mean, Jaden Hardy. I, I do. I do it too. I do it too. Yeah, um, Jaden Hardy could still very well find his calling card on defense with the Mavericks. Yeah, let me add one more thing. Uh, yeah. I think I think another big thing uh, I want to see a lot of improvement on uh, is playmaking decision. I think that's something that we can get a really good glimpse of, especially at this level mm-hmm. uh, of what it what we're going to really see for the rest of the season. Because as it, as it looks. Like you said, he's going to be that secondary playmaker off the bench. So he's going to get minutes every game. Uh, so I guess, yeah, you know, now whether how, how he fares in those minutes is um, not necessarily um, a knock on him. If he, you know, he's going to have some rough stretches, we assume. Um, he is a second round pick at the end of the day. But I mean, you make a good point. Like, as currently constructed, the Mavs do not have anybody that can. Uh, uh, really handle the ball or create offense out of, outside of Spencer Dinwiddie or Luka Doncic. Uh, I mean, Spencer, arguably, like he can create offense for himself. I feel like, but I don't know about for other guys. I mean, yeah, he's a. I, I will say from what I watched last season, I thought Spencer was a really great ball mover. Um, anytime he'd get a pass, he'd always swing it, and I think he's, you know, he's. He's a solid pick and roll um, distributor and playmaker, but I don't. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie is not what I would you know call like an elite passer at the end of the day. He is a shot creator. Um, he's a good finisher, but he's not necessarily like your stereotypical point guard setting everybody up um, at a high level. So the Mavs, you know, especially with losing Jalen Brunson, who took a big step in that direction last year, 
especially just seeing the floor and everything. I feel like Jason Kidd let the reins off of him a little. That Rick Carlisle, uh, there were quotes coming out from last year, I guess, that Rick Carlisle kind of just told Brunson to rely on him as more of a scorer. And I think that really opened up Brunson's game as a passer last year. So the Mavs lost a big thing in the, um, or a big asset in that. And, you know, I'm not expecting Jaden Hardy to be able to come in day one and replace that. Yeah. I, if you are expecting that, then you're, you're, you're rooting for the wrong team here. Um, this guy's going to take some time, but uh, like, as it stands, like you said, I, I mean, personally, I mean, this team, they did great. They made it to the Western Conference Finals with three three playmakers. Um, I guess you can call Spencer Dinwiddie and Jane Hardy a playmaker now. We don't really know what we're going to get with Jane Hardy, so I yeah. would consider well, I mean, they, they are playmakers. And good, yeah, and they are. Is are that, they? I mean, that is their archetype, just how elite they are at those skill sets. Yeah, um, that, that's the thing. Yeah. No, I concur. Um So, I mean, anything else on the Hardy front? I mean, I agree from the standpoint, you know, what you were talking about. Um, now, I, I mean, Hardy, I feel like it's just sort of an open book in terms of how he's going to do this summer league. Um, like you were saying, I don't necessarily – I mean, he could take time, but, you know, I could definitely see a world where Jaden Hardy just comes in and averages like 14 a game off the bench. Like, I'm not saying that we should be placing any sort of expectations on this guy necessarily – but I feel like his rookie season could completely swing it both into the totem pole. He could come in and really not see much time if, you know, he's has bad decision-making and, you know, just lack of intensity on the offensive end and attention to detail at the same time, he has potential to just come out and average like 14 or 15. If he sort of rekindles that top five projected um, energy that, he was carrying before this last season with the Ignite. So I really just feel like he's an open book in terms of what we're going to get from him. And, you know, he's the 37th pick at the end of the day. So I just don't feel like we should put those expectations on him. What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So in terms of what I'm looking for, for Jaden Hardy in summer league, like you said, just decision-making in the pick and roll. Um, just his defensive intensity, you know, how he switches on defense. Um, can he be a primary defender on point guards, like things of that nature? Cause he's going to exp be expelling a lot more offensive uh, energy given he's probably going to be, you know, like you said, he's going to be starting most likely. And he's probably going to be the primary creator on this math summer league team. So I'm really intrigued to see how he does, you know, my sort of prediction I had to guess would be that he has a couple of good games and, you know, some positions that make possessions that, kind of make you want to throw your head at the wall. But I think that's the kind of just full bag that you're going to get with him. But we're going to have to he's see how it goes. I'm really excited for tomorrow in terms of how he's going to play. But he is the main – he is the uh, – he's the protagonist for the Mavericks here. Yeah. And yeah, I, I guess I guess that's – yeah. If you could put a title on it. Yeah. He is kind of what we are watching for. Um, that is honestly what I'm most excited for. So we, we've talked about him countlessly in the last couple of pods. If you want to go, if you guys want to go listen to that, we profiled his strengths and his weaknesses and how he could help the Mavs, what his role might be. And his role is going to be very much dependent on how he plays. I mean, like I said, he could, he could be the first guard off the bench for the Mavericks or he could be the last. So 
we'll just have to see how it all goes. But nonetheless, I am very excited to see him play tomorrow. Next off, we are going to be getting into Marcus Bingham. Marcus Bingham was uh, signed on an Exhibit 10 deal by the Mavericks, which is essentially just kind of a training camp invite. Uh, so Marcus Bingham, he's seven foot, 230-pound uh, center out of Michigan. He is a sort of 3-and-D type of center in the sense that he's a really good help defender and shot blocker, has great length and athleticism, and he can stretch the four, which, you know, face value sounds like the prototypical starting NBA center nowadays, but um, he does have some issues in terms of his offensive mobility. He's not really versatile outside of being able to finish lobs on occasion and shoot the three, which he did do insanely good at Michigan State, uh, where he shot um, we shot 48% from the field overall. Um, but, you know, that's due to the high volume of threes that he was taking and what have you. Um, I do not have his exact three-point percentage pulled up, but he was, you know, coming out of Michigan State, you know, labeled a shooter, especially for somebody that size. Um, I think that he has a good foundation and skill set, and I think he could definitely see time with the Legends this year depending on how he does with the Mavericks and summer league, you know, he is a solid rebounder, but I think he just needs to focus. He just needs to work on some, he's definitely lacking some intangibles that the modern NBA center nowadays should possess. He's not good on switches. You know, he needs to improve defensively and just man to man. And he, um, there are some questions if his, if his shot can translate to the NBA, um, you know, even though, despite him as good as he shot at Michigan. Um, you know, a lot of those are kind of wide open looks and we just don't necessarily know if he's going to be able to stretch the floor a little, a couple more feet consistently at the NBA level. Cause if he's not able to do that, that kind of makes his game redundant. Um, yeah. So you have any other thoughts on Marcus Bingham? Yeah. So I actually just pulled up his three point percentage. Um, oh, okay. So in last year's college basketball season, 21-22 season, uh, he shot 53.5% from the field and oh. actually 42% from three, uh, and then averaged 2.2 blocks to add to that. Um, now, one thing one thing I thought was pretty interesting, this was a headline. Again, it's a headline. I didn't read into it, so I don't know really what it said. Uh, but the headline said, or I guess it kind of intended, like, Marcus Bingham in all four years at Michigan State didn't really progress his game. He got more minutes so that the more his numbers went up uh, throughout his career. But I didn't – according to the article, it basically said it, they didn't really see much progression in his game other than what he brought to the table freshman year to senior year. That's uh, Yeah. Yeah. But, again, I mean, you know, some guys, they have a flip or they have a switch that they flip. And, you know, once they get to the pros, like it, it, you, you don't know what you're going to get here. Like you said, he's, he's athletic. He's long. Uh, he's a pretty, he's an athletic shot blocker. Uh, it looks like he shoots the three point pretty well. Uh, modern day, modern day center stretch four or stretch five, I guess. Uh, but some places say he's six eleven. Some places say he's seven foot. So 
seven foot six eleven same thing yeah um but yeah i mean he has a lot of a lot of improvements to make but again like you said wouldn't be surprised to see him get g league at least maybe even legends minutes uh i don't i don't know if we can sign him or not like that but yeah uh, I, i would not be surprised to see him in the g league next year yeah no we'll definitely have to see how he does during summer league um he definitely see from what i've read and the little I've watched on him, he definitely seems like he has the skill set and tools to become a center in the NBA at some point or another during his career. It's just if he's going to be able to put that all together because he has the intent. He has, I guess, the hard part, which is the shooting part and, you know, the elite help defense that, you know, a lot of these guys I feel like coming out of college are, you know, really good, like, you know, they'll be like really good, like one-on-one defenders or really good at posting up, finishing around the basket, but they just don't have the um, shooting ability or the natural athleticism that some of the elite NBA centers have. So that'll be very interesting, like you said, um, to see how he fares, but he is a good rebounder as well. So I'm excited to see how he plays. I would assume that he might, he's probably going to be the starting center for the Mavericks in summer league. Yeah, I would, I would assume so. Yeah. Um, next, we're going to go ahead and get into Mia Yoni. Um, Mia Yoni played last three seasons on the Jazz. He only played a few games last year. For that year, though, he actually played 54 games with the Jazz. Got played eight games in the playoffs the year before that as well. I actually remember uh, watching him in the bubble. I remember a couple games that the, Maver- uh, that the Mavericks and Jazz played that the Jazz were hard-pressed on injuries and COVID restrictions and stuff like that. And even like one time in the bubble. So I've actually seen him play a little. I mean, I haven't like, you know, paid the most attention to him in the world, but really smart dude. He's from Yale. Um, he's a real explosive finisher. Um, and he has great intangibles on defense. He's six, five, but he's long. So, you know, he has good foot speed and he brings, you know, great effort and intensity on that side of the ball. His big thing just seems to be improving shooting-wise, never in his NBA career. I mean, given in limited minutes, you know, highest season of his career, he's only played like 54 games. The other seasons were like 37 in this last year, like only 11 games. But he's never even shot above 37.5% from the field and never above like 31 or 32% from three. So, you know, good cutter. um, Has some potential. You know, I honestly, you know, just kind of with his versatility, been in the league a couple of years, wouldn't hate if the Mavericks gave him one of their two-way spots or if the Mavericks don't end up really doing anything or they haven't – if the Mavericks make a couple moves and they still have an open roster spot. This is a guy that I could definitely see um, fighting for that, and I wouldn't be surprised if he got a training camp invite whatsoever. Um, you know, he's an NBA – ready defender um, and has shown that at times is just the fact that his shot is really atrocious and um, you know, he has trouble finishing around the basket despite, you know, attacking with great intensity sometimes. So, you know, if he can just improve a little, improve a little on offense, you know, he's really smart, um, good ball mover, uh, you know, played in a Yale system. So I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he, is one of the Mavericks to have a breakout summer league. So I'm really interested to see how kind of a fair is. What about you, Jaren? Yeah. So I, I'm going to say, I don't know as much as you 
about this guy. Uh, I do know the name though, and I did not. I did not realize that he played fifty-four games. What two years ago or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize he played fifty-four games with the Jazz that year. Um, but yeah, basically from what I got, uh, he was the fifty-eighth overall pick to the Jazz. A lot of people were calling him the steal of the draft, uh, and now he's on our summer league roster. So, I guess, like you said, if there's an open roster spot. Uh, you even said that he could be potentially the breakout summer league guy that we need, or I guess the, the NBA sometimes has every year. Um, I mean, maybe not the breakout guy of summer not, league. Not breakout. breakout guy for the Mavericks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a two-way, fight a two-way spot, or even, for that matter, get a G League spot. Um. I don't know. It'll be interesting because I, I think this is a guy that definitely starts. He's I think he's going to get a lot of minutes. His career yeah. is kind of at that point to where it's yeah, kind of just put it all now. on the floor and hope for the He's best. actually 24, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is at the, the point of the career where if you don't show up now, then. Yeah, you know, a year or two, he's out the league if he can. Yeah, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, like you said, he's a great – he's a good, versatile defender. Uh, he's – he just needs to put it on the offensive side. So, yeah, I would concur. Um, next up, we're going to get into Mavs two-way player Moses Wright. Last year, shout out to a guy on Twitter today who actually pointed out to us that um, Moses Wright is eligible for another two-way deal. I thought that because, you know, I was a little, um, I guess, uninformed as to the two-way um ramifications and deals for some reason i thought that if you sign one two-way deal you can't get on another which i do believe that applies in some context but you know in this case because i think moses wright has not played more than four years and he was only on the mavericks two-way spot part of the uh year last year um he's 23 year old he's 23 started out with the clippers last year and then obviously the mavericks signed months is a two-way spot um after they dropped their first initial two two-way players last year. Um, I can just go ahead and check who those were because those are slipping off the top of my head. Emery, Emery. Uh... Oh, Eugene Omarui. Yeah, he's not in the yeah, final. Yeah, Shout yeah. out to him. Yeah, no, I'm happy he got that contract. There's Eugene. And I want to say it was a guard after that. It wasn't was it, was Corey, it it was a Corey McGollin, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but then. Amidst like the cold COVID saga and stuff for the Mavs, the Mavs ended up changing their two-way spots. So I don't know if it was it's because he wasn't signed on a two-way contract the whole year with the Mavericks or what. But he, I, I believe Moses Wright is indeed eligible to get another two-way contract with the Mavericks. And if not, I would not be surprised to see him stay in the organization, be with the Legends. Um, you know, didn't really appear in much games at all with the Mavs. You know, showed up in garbage time a couple times last year. But he's a six-eight, six-nine wing that is able, you know, he has potential on the defensive end. For him, it seems to kind of be a discipline problem sometimes where, you know, on offense and defense, where he tends to get a little bit sloppy with the ball, tries to do too much on offense and on defense, um, you know, at times will take gambles. But he has great length, and um, he's a really good – he's actually really good as the role man in pick and rolls. And he's a pretty high level cutter and has a high and you know, he, he has a high motor. He plays really hard. So, you know, if he can just, 
you know, sure up some of his disciplinary um, problems. Sounds like I'm punishing him. That's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and, well, obviously in terms of basketball, um, you know, I definitely think that he could contribute as an NBA wing, maybe not even with, maybe not with the Mavericks as a lot of these guys likely won't necessarily be with the Mavericks at one point, but you know, they could make a roster at one point. I mean, Christian Wood was on the Mavericks summer league at one time, summer league team at one time in 2016. Yeah. So you never know how any of these guys are going to turn out. That's why it's always fun to look at, to watch these summer league games. You know, I'm not going to sit here and act like I watch every single summer league team, you know, I'm kind of purely invested to, from a Maverick standpoint, you know, watch the, you know, and I'll keep up with the rest of the things basically just via Twitter and, you know, maybe watch some of the head, you know, the insane head to head matchups like Jabari versus Paolo and things of that nature. But, yeah. um, you know, I'm not going to act like I'm deep into it, but it would be fun to go to summer league one day. Uh, that is a goal of mine. That, like it'd be cool to go to Las Vegas in general, but especially for basketball. Yeah, um, but unfortunately, we're not quite at that level yet. Um, but you know, one day maybe you guys can help take us there. <laughs> That's a far fetch, obviously. Um, yeah, hey, we well, let's not count it out yet. But yeah, you never know. You never. Know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of Moses Wright, sorry to get off topic, but high motor guy just needs to put it together offensively and defensively in terms of um, just sort of his containment and being a little more under control on both ends and needs to improve as a shooter. But, you know, he is a great cutter and with his length, he has really good potential on defense. Yeah. So uh, what was it? NBA draft net. Uh, They, they, they put like a title on everybody's game. Uh, His title was straight line slasher um sounds like a 2k build exactly that's why i was like to all you 2k guys you know what that means yeah uh, but yeah straight line slasher is what they put as moses right uh i think one thing that goes unnoticed is he has a really high motor um we even saw that on the bench in the playoffs he wasn't playing oh yeah but he uh, was very he was always into the game really yeah early. but he was always yeah. i guess it was kind of like three guys it was moses right theo pinson and tim hardaway right yeah local guys so Mm-hmm. um but yeah he has a high motor uh i think that's i think that would be one of the one of the better one of the more reasons why he would be back on the maps two-way spot uh he's a good presence off the bench now of course he wouldn't be there every game but come playoffs assuming he made it that far like he's not a bad guy to have on your bench no yeah i mean if one of the wings falls and you know moses Wright is able to develop a shot or you know, really hone in defensively and become more consistent and, you know, I guess takes less gambles. You know, I wouldn't count him out as a guy that could be at the very end of the Mavericks bench, but we're really going to have to see how he pans out. I do assume for – I would expect for him to start for the Mavericks, so I would not be surprised. Yeah, I would not be surprised at all. I mean, he's only 23 years old. Yeah. No, yeah, a lot of these guys are really young, not too many guys. I think 24 is the oldest we have. Yeah, a couple guys are 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And this is the last guy we'll do sort of an intricate profile for. The other ones will kind of breeze through real quick as we expect these guys to have, I guess, maybe a lesser role 
um, or more so complimentary role to some of these other dudes in summer league and likely be featured off the bench. But that's not to say that they couldn't make a splash. You never know who could do what in summer league. So kind of really excited to see all this. But I guess starting off, um, Jalen LeCue. Yeah, according to you, LeCue, but. Oh, yes. No, I actually <laughs> looked at Mavs PR on Twitter and I went to the pronunciation pronunciation section at the bottom of like the summer league roster and it had it like phonetically spent spelled out and i learned how to say it so it is so it is like okay it is like you had me thinking twice for a minute there and then yeah. i was like There's no, way. <laughs> <laughs> no so uh jalen lequeux a really high profile recruit in high school i mean overtime yeah it's not a brewster academy what i i think it's in ohio but or i, oh, okay. I don't know, but yeah I mean, I, I didn't even know specifically where he was from, but I always remember seeing this dude just throwing down crazy dunks in high school. Insane athlete. I mean, Zach Levine-level athlete coming out of high school in terms of this guy. Um, but just uh, upon getting to college, just never really put it all together in terms of his offensive game, you know, you know, obviously he has insane athleticism, but decision-making at the rim, you know, lack of a consistent outside shot, um, you know, does have good length, but, you know, he's not not necessarily the strongest guy in the world, he's trying to get um, pushed back a little on defense and things of that nature. So, you know, he had a little stint with, you know, I believe he got drafted by the Suns or picked up as an undrafted yeah. one of those and, but, you know, he's with the Pacers as of most recently. Um, you know, he's been, he's been, you know, kind of a fringe guy on NBA uh, rosters the last couple of years. Would be real interested to see if he's able to refurbish himself on the Mavericks summer league team, like whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, he got a summer league invite in general. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Doesn't hurt, so. um, see if he is able to show any sort of signs of, being able to show off a little more of his offensive game besides dunking. But nonetheless, I am really excited for that first Jaden Hardy to Jalen McHugh um, long, long yeah. in transition, you know, given with summer league is all these young guys running around and speed of light. And I, I could, would not put it past that we get at least some like really cool summer league dunks from him, if nothing else. Yeah, definitely. So I, I am a little unsure of his college career. Uh, I feel like he committed to Arizona or some school of that nature. Some yeah, I, I do. I swear. Let me look. At this. I, I think it was Arizona. Um, anyways, I'm. I don't think he played at all. I think he committed and may have went a year, like kind of like Shane Sharp, or maybe oh, he, okay. Or may, he may have gotten hurt. I don't. I really don't know. Um, okay, so. Yeah. No, no, you're you're completely right on that. So. Um, here he has a 43 inch maximum vertical leap that's insane yeah he's six foot yeah four star recruit coming out of high school uh, so yeah he just took a gap year just took it yeah, okay yeah, like that's what a I gap year train and then um declared for the draft i don't know if that necessarily hurt his stock but yeah, I mean, this is definitely Shaden Sharp-esque. You know, this guy wasn't as high-profile coming out of high school as 
Shane Starr, but he's still a really high level recruit and um, was, you know, featured everywhere just for his insane athleticism. So if he's yeah, able I'm... to show any sort of, um, you know, semblance of him being able to be like show NBA skill sets past, you know, his elite athleticism, uh, then I wouldn't put it past that he could, you know, sneak onto the Mavericks G League lost roster or get a camp invite. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you want the definition of a ball's life highlight, uh, <laughs> it's, it's Jalen Lequeux, a.k.a. Lekigi. Yeah. Uh, like <laughs> basically, he's a highlight reel kind of guy. He, he'll, put, he'll put a handful of highlights on every game. It's just his thing is he can't put a full game together. That's, that's what his big problem was. Even out of high school, that was his problem. Yeah. It, so, I guess just more consistency. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he's a freak athlete. He has an insanely quick first step. Uh, I guess he – I mean, he can use that in his favor on any defender in the NBA. Um, so, I mean, if he does revitalize his career, like, who knows? Uh, I mean, he's, he's a big name. So, but it, it'll be cool to see. I bet I bet he'll get quite a bit of sports center highlights on uh, – during the summer league stretch. I would not be surprised if he got – just a monster slam on someone, but yeah, no, he's, a, he's a type guy to do that. So yeah, me as well. Uh, 